Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Uh, all right, so Dennis, as you know, if you were listening last week, has now officially become a Floridian. He has moved into his new air park home down in Fort Myers. And last week when we were talking with him about this uh, major life-changing event, not only has he got a ton of emails from just plain you know, radio listeners, extremely envious, but he, hasn't, uh, he, he didn't have his plane down there just yet when we did the show. He uh, had to fly up that night after we did the broadcast, get back up to Minnesota and fly his airplane down. And so uh, how we start off today's show is uh, to talk about that flight plan, how it went uneventfully, or was it a friggin' disaster? Dennis, what's Well, I'm you? here, so it obviously wasn't a friggin' disaster. Okay, it wasn't a friggin' you You, you uh, ended up where you wanted to be with your airplane, and it is safely tucked away in its your, your personal hangar. Or it's garage. in my garage. Right. So that part worked out pretty good. So... Uh, the end results were what you were hoping for, but it wasn't without its challenges, I hear. Is that true? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say challenges, but, you know, just think about the logistics of moving, you know, across country and then throw in trying to move an airplane across country too. You know, you start looking at the weather and it's it's one thing when you're in the plane and wanting to get somewhere and, you know, you know, you can adjust your window to leave a day or two and stay home. Who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're in Florida and you need to get a weather window to be able to catch an airline flight to Minnesota and then have good weather for a return flight too, that really does throw a wrench into the plans. Cause a lot of times you may get only one, you know, one day with uh, out any major weather down in the Southeast, or maybe you've got storms coming up in the North. So we were watching the weather very closely and I lucked out, um, you know, middle towards the end of last week there, we got a really nice uh, band of clear weather before the hurricane came through. So I was able to find a last minute ticket on Sun Country Airlines for about a hundred bucks and mm. hopped in the plane, got into Minneapolis around midnight and was back in the air at 930 the next morning on my way down to Florida. Very nice. All right. So uh, that's a fairly long trek from Minnesota down to Fort Myers, Florida. So how many stops did you make? Let's run through the flight plan. All right. So we we planned on only making one stop because that's typically what it's been. Uh, it's usually about an eight-hour flight. But now, we? Wind, who was we? You well, and Austin? Me, the air, me and the airplane. No, okay. Just, all right. Gotcha. Yeah. But usually I do have passengers with, but this time it was solo. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we try to flight plan for, you know, 155 knots and uh, with the winds aloft, it usually works out to about an eight hour flight. Well, Mother Nature had other plans and the forecasters must not have got it right either because we were seeing about 15 to 20 knots uh, more headwind than was forecast. Mm-hmm. So wound up uh, adding an extra fuel stop because as I was uh, flying out over uh, Georgia late at night on a Friday night, 
the last thing I wanted to do was uh, push a fuel situation. You know, I'm looking down at the gauges and seeing that I've been in the air already three hours and I'm still got another three hours to go. And yeah, theoretically, 64 gallons of gas, that should be enough, but that's not a place to be messing around. And so you start looking at what are your alternatives and your options and you just add that extra fuel stop. It's not worth pressing the, you know, the flight to save a few minutes when you can just go drop into Albany, Georgia and, you know, no problem at all. They meet you there with a fuel truck and you're on your way. And hey, by the way, gas was cheap. There you go. You got to love that. So that that was your first or second stop? That was the second stop. Okay. We stopped in Evansville, Indiana first. Uh, got it. All right. But the weather up until that point was fine or all the way through? The whole trip was actually uh, perfectly clear skies, no uh, turbulence or anything. I mean, it was absolutely gorgeous. The only thing that got a little interesting was late at night coming into the Tampa Bay area, we started to get some lower clouds. And you could start to see some lightning in the distance. And so I was getting a little bit excited there because the, the uh, ADSB was showing some light rain ahead of me. But as it turned out, it was some pretty low showers and I had actually flown right over the top of it. And well, was that no was your typical Florida afternoon thunder boomer. I'm yeah, more, right? more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it we also may have, have been some of the leading edges of uh, EDA because that was on its way in too. Right. You got right. You threaded the needle right before EDA <laughs> exactly. made her effects on Florida. Uh, but there you go. All right. So, so it doesn't sound like it was too bad at all then. I thought there were some other hurdles that you were having issues with, but, uh, other than the headwind, that was it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, it was really a, uh, very fast trip, you know, I, you know, leaving at nine o'clock at night and getting into Minneapolis at midnight and then turning right back around. I mean, a lot of things were happening and then spending, you know, 12 hours in the cockpit, you know, 10 actual hours in flight and, yeah. Uh, you know, all the logistics behind that. It it got to be a very, very long day. I'm sure. But it was also very rewarding. Well, that Sun Country flight from Fort Myers up to Minnesota, how how long a uh, flight is that? A couple hours? It's maybe? about three hours. It's three hours. Okay. Yep. And you figure in your Mooney 201, uh, it was going to be an eight-hour flight or maybe a little longer because of the headwind? Yeah, it's normally eight, but we wound up clocking in almost exactly 10 hours of uh, tack time. Wow. Yeah, but you had the freedom to you know, just hang out. Did you pop on the tunes? Did you have some uh, downtime just to kind of zone out a little bit on a flight that long? You know, I personally don't like to stream the music just because I want to pay attention to what's going on with the plane and be talking to ATC. Although uh, I, I was talking to the uh, Macon, Georgia controllers or the Valdosta, I don't remember which area. Uh, it was, I was the only airplane they had to have been working because nobody was talking on the frequency and I had to pop up and like, Hey, uh, you, you guys still there? I just want to make sure the radio is still working. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Anyone- <laughs> I'm just checking to make sure there wasn't a zombie apocalypse uh, during your flight yeah. or something. Exactly. Yeah. Now, that is where they filmed the walking dead is over Georgia. So did well, you know it that? was very dark and it was very quiet. So that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And then on your stops, you obviously had, uh, your lunch stop. Did you do the hundred dollar hamburger at one of those places, either first stop or second gas stop or no? Neither. Um, no, I was just wanting to yourself. keep going. So I, I'd actually stopped at our grocery store back home and mm. picked up uh, a lunchable. <laughs> okay. So you're going to be totally socially distanced all the way down to Fort Myers, not pick up anything along the way. That was your point. Yeah, I just, I was mission uh, driven. I just wanted to get home. Right. And get that thing in the hangar and, you know, 
check that off the list. Well, so. those uh, fuel stops, did you even have to have any human contact with anybody at the FBOs? You I'm do. Guessing. I mean, they're coming out with the fuel truck and you got to get the fuel orders and usually have to go inside and sign. And besides, you got to do the old bio break and things like that. Ah, so you do that. have to, you know, mm-hmm. right. interact a little bit. But you didn't use the uh, in the sky urinal that you uh, travel with? No, no thank you. <laughs> I'd much rather land instead of having to deal with that. You were able to hold it for your oh, yeah. three hour runs at a time. So that's what it was. About every three hours, you uh, made a little stop, I guess, right? Yeah. And it's certainly, you know, doable and not at all uncomfortable. The Mooney was, you know, very enjoyable to fly. Yeah. But you are one of those pilots that you would just hold it. You, there's no way you would keep going. That's why I didn't know I guess if I really had to, I would, but I don't let myself get to that situation. I make sure I don't go and load up on, you know, a whole two liter of Diet Coke or something like that before heading out to the plane and then have two two cans in there to drink. But you have a contingency, I assume, in the If I needed to, we would have grabbed something, yes. Okay. I mean, do you have something designated or are you going to improvise? <laughs> this trip I would have improvised because I, I knew I wasn't going to need it. Okay. You know, I'd, well, I'd you're flying solo. Accordingly. He, yeah. could, he could totally be lying right now. We'd have no idea because, you know, what you do in your own aircraft and uh, it's only you and your plane, you know, uh, what happens in the plane stays in the plane, I guess, right? Well, and that's part of the reason why I don't do that in the plane. Yeah, I want to clean that out later. There are certain things if you do in the plane, they may linger for the next passenger a little bit. So you got to be careful, I guess, uh, when it's your aircraft. Okay. Well, there's uh, some information, probably more than you were expecting to hear on Captain Dennis's flight down to Fort Myers. But, you know, take it for what it's worth, and maybe you can follow his flight path in the future. All right. And we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plain Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Captain, cabin's ready and doors are closed. All right, gentlemen, it's time to get high and also fly this old bird. Just a little captain's joke. I never get high when I'm flying unless I mistime the edible. Another captain's joke. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. And we've picked up another passenger, or really another captain in charge, and that would be Captain Keith from Flight Training Professionals is with us now, too. Keith, how are you, buddy? I am doing wonderful. All right, good. Well, we it's can, a beautiful day. It is, especially now that we have uh, Ida, or Edda, what is it? Uh, Dennis, you just beat her, and then she uh, you know, doused you with a bunch of water. Is it Ida or Ada? It's cruise I think through. it's Ada. Okay, we'll go with that. Ada ate us for dinner and uh, spit us out and then left a lot of water all over the place, but everybody's fine. And uh, Dennis got his plane down to his new hangar there in Fort Myers just before she uh, did such a made such a mess. But all is good now, and the sun is shining, and we're in a much better place. So, uh, But we need Captain Keith's expertise because, you know, on uh, his flight with his Mooney 201, Dennis you know, made it down to his, uh, hangar. Okay. But, uh, we do want to kind of finish off the story a little bit because, you know, you had to land in your new air park for the first time. And not only was it the first time that you were flying your aircraft into your new home airport and runway, uh, it was at night. It was like 10 30 at night. So this was a bit of a challenge. Uh, not, not only just going to, an, you know, flying into the unknown, but, uh, flying, and landing at your home airport at night. Were you a little uh, on the nervous side of this or what? I wouldn't say I was nervous, but it definitely was uh, some of the factors that I was considering in the whole flight is, you know, do I really want to press on and land here at night uh, for the first time? You know, you, you need to take that into account. You know, you are flying into an unfamiliar airport uh, for the first time. You've never really dealt with the processes and procedures before, but you know, I, I felt that I was, you know, adequately prepared, but it's definitely something that you want to take into account. I mean, there was a lot of variables, you know, you the field is a little bit harder to find, uh, because it's such a wide runway. It's actually 400 feet wide. So when you turn the runway lights on, it's not what you're used to seeing, you know, this narrow skinny strip of light sticking out of the, uh, the background. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it looks like a football field being lit up on the edges. Wow. Um, so it is a little bit harder to find. And, and I'll admit, I was right over the top of it before I actually saw the approach lights. Hmm. And which is fine. Just do a left turn and enter the downwind. I was the only one out there and it was fine. But, uh, you know, then you, you land and it's, uh, they don't have taxi lights for all the neighborhood streets, obviously. So you do need to take that into account and figure out, okay, which gate do I need to take to get out of the runway area and into the city, you know, into the, the residential streets to be able to taxi to my house. And, Fortunately, a little coordination ahead of time and a couple of text messages and 
there was a convenient car waiting to be a follow me truck. So I was able to follow Austin and Abby, my, my son and daughter, as we uh, taxied down the streets, they, they led the parade and I followed right behind them. We pulled into the driveway and, you know, emerged victorious after a a 10 hour flight. It was all good. You had pictured this in your mind as most people do when it comes to thinking about their first time. And I am talking about flying into an airport that you haven't been to, by the way, just so we're clear, but, uh, every, uh, everyone can relate to the fact that, you know, despite how you think it's going to go in your mind, it may not go exactly as planned. And it's that uncertainty that kind of gets you sometimes. Is that what you experience as a flight instructor too, Keith, when you're talking to students about this type of thing or what? Well, there's always that possibility and that's why you need to plan. And so 91-103, you know, this is a pre-flight action. You have to Pilot command shall, uh, before beginning a flight, become familiar with all available information concerning that flight. So, you know, that's what Dennis did. You know, he, he got, uh, you know, somebody to follow him in the car or actually got, he was able to follow the car, I should say, right, uh, to figure out which gate to go in and so forth. But knowing, you know, in this particular instance that the runway is 400 feet wide, so it's not going to look uh, the same as a 150 foot or 80 foot wide, whatever you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all things that you would want to know. And it's difficult to get people to understand that initially until they get into a situation like this. Uh, if they've gone into an airport that they have not played any attention to, it can get pretty dicey sometimes. No doubt. Especially if they don't have a lot of, a lot of runway markings and so forth, if they don't have the taxiway lines to lead you off into the taxi lanes. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy because the lights on the airplane, as Dennis said, are not that bright. And so it's easy to uh, go off the end of, edge of the runway thinking that you're heading towards the taxiway, but you cut the corner too short uh, or something like that. So Right. Now, all this stuff, you had it all mapped out because I know, you know, Captain Dennis is indeed a computer nerd and he had his four flight plan all labeled and, and organized as efficiently as you possibly can as a as a pilot. But did you ever think about doing, could you, or could have you done like a virtual X-plane thing? Or did you even consider that, Dennis? I didn't really consider it. I mean, ForeFlight's got some 3D uh, tools that they've built in where you can do a virtual flight into the airport. It'll actually show you what it looks like. But yeah. for a private airfield like this, I didn't think they would even have it. So I didn't even bother to go take a look. Right. But, uh, you know, remember, you have your cell phone with you with Google Maps and the satellite view, and that can be almost as good. Yeah, I bet. That'll show you the city streets and everything in much more detail. So, you know, having multiple tools and being creative about what you're going to use can work. Well, true. And if you went and did a little test like on Microsoft Flight Sim online and then, uh, you know, went through it and all of a sudden you ended up in the middle of the earth because of a computer glitch. And we we knew we hit that glitch. Right. Exactly. It it is important to that. That's really an important point, though, because when you go into a private field, there's not necessarily as much information out there as you would on a public field, right? And so, if you're going into a private field, especially at night, um, you've got some options, and probably one of the better ones would be to not go in at night, Mm -hmm. at least not your first time. Yeah, go in there during the day first to check it out. Well, what was your uh, or diversion simulator? Well, or doing on a sim, yeah. But what was your diversion plan, uh, Dennis? I would have just gone to uh, I would just gone to Page Field instead. It's only a couple of miles to the east, and it's a you know towered airport, lighted twenty four seven operation. I would have just gone there and just had somebody drive and pick me up fifteen minutes away. I got gotcha. you. Okay, 
you know, there was, there was a serious case of get homeitis and I fully admit it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did take that into account, but I was fully prepared that if I had to, I would have diverted to page or even into Fort Myers international, either, either of those, I, I could have, um, you know, done an instrument approach into if the weather was not good, but uh, it turned out just fine. And, yeah, you know, one of the neat things too, about the airplane is it's extremely well lit up. I mean, the kids were trying to figure out what gate I was going to be going to. Cause you know, they, I rolled out and it's like, okay, wh- how hard is he going to break? Is he going to go to the second gate or the first gate? And I would oh, imagine it was the only plane on the field at the time, wasn't it? It was, yeah. well, it made it really easy to figure out where I was. Cause all they had to do is look for the strobe flash you know, right. on, on the horizon and mm-hmm. oh, okay. He's up here at this gate. And so yeah. they zipped over and no other neighbor be crazy enough to fly into their own, uh, flight park at 10 30 at night i'm just saying uh, there's there's probably one or two okay but. maybe but not that day all right more coming up on just plain radio stay close just plain radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight training professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your stewardess speaking. We regret any inconvenience the sudden cabin movement might have caused. This is due to periodic air pockets we encountered. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Airplanes, airplanes, flying all around the sky. Do you think we can take off before he gets her? Airplanes, airplanes, flying way up high. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and Keith rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Talk about Captain Dennis's, uh, you know, uh, new air park residence in Fort Myers. He's pretty, pretty happy camper right now. And actually, he's not camping at all. It's a pretty oh, actually, nice. I still am. Actually. Oh, are you? Well, <laughs> out no, of a I mean, motor home while I'm well, waiting for our household goods to arrive. But it's a nice uh, abode they have there, right yeah. there by the. Uh, runway and stuff too and and, you know we've heard from a lot of listeners that have said oh my gosh welcome to the fold you know people that actually already live on an air park uh mark who has a place off of uh, lake michigan little shout out to him and his wife said oh my gosh it's an awesome lifestyle 
welcome to the club, they say. So I, I, I'm very envious, but at least I know Dennis and hope to sponge off of his new arrangement uh, eventually. How many people you know, Keith, that uh, live on an air park like that, by the way? What do you think? Keyword there being sponged. Right. <laughs> that is the key. That is, you know, it's, if you can't have it yourself, hopefully you know someone who does. <laughs> Actually, uh, I only know like four people that live on an air park. Yeah. And they are all very, very happy, I assume. That's true. Yeah. It's, it, uh, they are. Definitely. It'd be like the ultimate lifestyle, for sure, uh, as an aviator. So, uh, you know, like I said, at least I know them. <laughs> so well, it's, that's it's the best I can come up. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I've been bumping into more and more neighbors, and everybody's always friendly and waving. You know, you go to the mailbox, and you're greeted by, uh, oh, you're new here. We haven't seen you before. Uh, I used to fly for Eastern Airlines on L-1011s. And, oh, you know, wow. Just, nice. You know, there's just you, there's a commonality, a common bond. There's mm-hmm. something that we all can, you know, look to and and share. So there's at least, you know, something to talk about. It's kind of fun. Right. Well, I, I would agree. I'm very envious as, uh, as I'm sure many people listening are right now as well, but, uh, that's what you strive for as a pilot. If you can do it, go for it. I haven't heard anybody complain about doing such a thing. It's just a matter of trying to get the planets to align that could uh, set you up to do just that. So we'll keep covering this uh, accordingly on just plain radio. And who knows, maybe six months now from now, you know, Dennis will be going, oh my God, why did I do this? No, I'm kidding. There's no way. Well, uh, the humidity and temperature will come up then. I'll well, that's true. Things, but He'll hey. get through his first uh, Florida summer. He might have a few, smi- you know, mild regrets, yeah. but he I has a pool. I shovel rain, so that was yeah. nice. True. You did it at the right time of year for sure. All right. We got a few other stories we're going to navigate through uh, as well. One of them. Uh, you know, we, we've been covering this uh, rocket man sighting out, out in California, L.A. Uh, it's been done and it happened twice now. They don't know for sure if it's actually a person or some kind of drone that looks like a guy flying on a rocket or something or a plane. And, uh, but it's been how high was it again on altitude? Do you remember? I mean, it was pretty high up, so it seemed a little strange. Six thousand feet or something yeah, it was, like that. I mean, it wasn't like it was you know treetop level. Yeah, it was pretty high. So whatever 3, it was, feet was the one. How how high, Keith? Three thousand feet. Three thousand feet. Okay. Well, you know that is drone range, yes. I guess. I mean, it's possible, but they they don't know. They still haven't figured out, or at least we haven't heard about it. But then we did uh, see a news report this week of uh, a new air suit being released from BMW. And it, well, it's, it's one of those flying squirrel suits, which is what it looks like to me. Right. You know what I'm talking about, right, Dennis? Oh yeah. So I mean, we've seen, uh, what is it? Rossi from the Red Bull team. He had that one that had, you know, some actual real jet engine strapped onto it and he would jump out of the, uh, uh, either a helicopter or an airplane and, you know, have the jet engine running and keep up with fighter jets and things like that. But yeah, BMW is taking a different approach. They're actually switched to a battery powered electric motors and, it the, the flight time isn't nearly as long, but it can do 180 miles an hour for five minutes. So that's still got to be pretty cool. Well, I, I would imagine. You know, you, you've probably seen these videos where these guys get these like squirrel flying suits, which when they extend their arms out, they look like a flying squirrel. And then they jump off some ledge in some mountain range. And then they just, uh, I don't know, they just glide uh, down the canyon for God knows how long. I mean, it looks pretty uh, cool. Uh, very adventurous, very kind of extreme sport type of stuff. 
but evidently they've strapped on these engines from BMW, these uh, battery powered engines that what allow them to go faster or longer, or do you know? Both. It pushes up the speed, but also it lets them maintain altitude. So instead of having to be in a constant descent, like the, the typical wingsuits that you've seen, mm-hmm. they can actually maintain level flight for up to five minutes. Wow. Okay. So they can extend their thrill ride just a little bit longer. But or it, avoid that big rock as, as they're coming at it. Well, I don't. I don't know if the engine does anything to do that. I mean, well, if it holds them level, it gives them some options instead of just having to rely on you know free falling in order. Well, to true, I guess. Yeah, they they start to lose altitude and like, hey, wait a minute, that's not Oops. where I want to land. There's a giant rock there, and then up, oh, little hit a little button, get a little extra juice, and get right over it. I guess. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I would love to do that. But to me, that looks very similar to skydiving or something even more extreme that chances are I'm never going to be able to do it just because my wife won't let me. Uh, Are you uh, uh, in that category as well, Dennis? Or what do you think? I think I would be too afraid to just jump off the mountain in the first place. I mean, we've all seen the YouTube videos of what grinding the crack or whatever they call that video where they got the sail playing in the background and the guys whooping through the uh, the canyons and just barely missing boulders and clipping uh, balloons that were, you know, strategically placed. And like, Mm -hmm. that's just nuts flying that close, you know, nap of the earth flying in a wingsuit with no, there's just no room for error there. There is no room for error. I, I would agree with you there. What about you, Keith? Would you do such a thing? Would you uh, take on the flying squirrel challenge? I don't know. I, I, I don't really know if I would do that or not. Yeah. You're, you don't consider yourself that much of a daredevil, huh? No, I'm, I'm not really that much of a daredevil. Okay. All right. I mean, it looks, it looks all right, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you really got to sit back and think a couple of times about that, especially at my age. Okay. All right. <laughs> So you're not going to say that it's your wife uh, keeping you from doing such a thing. You're just going to wuss out just on your own accord. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Okay. He has a strong self-preservation mode. See, I don't care. She wouldn't wouldn't care. She would say, if you want to, go ahead. Really? She wouldn't. She'd go, uh, hey, lifestyle, you know, uh, life insurance is paid up. Go for it. (laughs) All right. Exactly. See, I'm probably with you, honestly, but, you know, I'd blame it on my wife. And that'd be my out to still, you know, maintain my man card. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that's kind of how I feel about it as well. It, lo- it does look cool. And and I don't know where that is going or where that technology is going. I mean, could we potentially see, you know, flying squirrel guys all around that, you know, it could extend this, uh, uh, this flight time much, much longer than five minutes, Dennis, do you think this could be a future thing? Well, if the battery technology keeps going the directions that it has and, you know, it's being pushed by the car industry, um, you know, it's possible. But for right now, you've got to get to 10,000 feet in a helicopter and jump out first before you can even take advantage of it. So until they can get it to the point where it's a running start on the ground and spread your wings and jump, uh, you know, like a Wiley E. Coyote or something like that, you know, and take off after the Roadrunner, you know, I don't think uh, the appeal is really going to be there. It's still going to be more of an extreme sport than... Well, I, I would probably agree, but I can't help but think of that mental image of, you know, being on the type of a, top of a skyscraper in like New York City or something and like, hey, I got to go catch a meeting down at the uh, down at the Empire State Building. Hold on. And then they go up to the top, jump off, just, you know, go and land. Uh, that'd be pretty awesome. You're a gas bagger instead of a stink potter. I don't know. <laughs> kind of a sailor, power boater, something's there, maybe. 
All right, more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. That's the spirit. Keep them flying. One, two, three, like a bird I sing, cause you've given me the most beautiful set of wings. And I'm so glad you're here today, cause tomorrow I might have to go and fly away. Hey! This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis O'Keefe, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so uh, we, we got to give uh, props to this guy who turned 100 years old this week, and he celebrated by doing a private flight. Is that what happened, Dennis? Yep. Uh, San Luis Obispo, California. Pilot name was Harry Moyer. And he is a World War II veteran. He used to fly the P-40 Warhawks during World War II and was even an instructor in them. Nice. And uh, he's, he owns a Mooney. So, you know, obviously got my attention. But at 100 years old, he's still an active pilot with an active medical. And so he went out and took himself for a flight around the airport on his 100th birthday in his Mooney. How about that? God bless him. And now, what a way somebody to I can aspire to be, right? Yes. I, you know, just the fact to make it to 100 would be enough for me. I wouldn't even have to go up in the aircraft, but you know, uh, props to him for sure. Uh, setting a good example as well. I mean, it, he didn't have to get a special exemption or nothing. Cause he's an active pilot, like you said, right? Right. Yep. He's been continuously flying and it sounds like uh, the local uh, community is trying to get a P 40 Warhawk down uh, in his neighborhood to, so that he can actually go fly an actual P 40 at a hundred years old as well. Well, do we even Re- know relive his world war two days, you know, who is the oldest uh, flying pilot in America right now? You think, do we even know well, we should, uh, we think it might be him because they've got the folks from Guinness, uh, coming out too, to take a look at it and get it possibly put into the record books as got the it. oldest active pilot. And that's not uh, Guinness, the the beer. That's the other world. The other Guinness, one. right? Yeah, because the the beer they would be out in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would be celebrating with them. All right, so uh, we got that. Now, uh, one of the other things we wanted to get across was Dennis actually. Uh, well, you you just did a little thing with your Stratus, and this was kind of going back to your flight down to uh, Florida. But right before you did this on your Mooney, you got a little update. Is that what you did, or what? That's right. Um, so if you, any of the listeners recall, a couple of years ago, we did a major panel upgrade. You know, it started off with uh, ADS-B compliance, and we decided to go with the uh, Apario Stratus solution, which included a little uh, Stratus 2i receiver for doing ADS-B in. Well, Stratus has since revised those and come out with the Stratus 3, which uh, enabled it to work with more than just ForeFlight um, as an application. So I had an opportunity to go out to Fargo a week before we moved. And met with the folks out at Apario. Finally got to meet with, uh, with Chris in person again. And uh, I was able to work a deal out with them to upgrade my Stratus 2i in the airplane to the Stratus 3 now. So now I can take advantage and test uh, and work with different EFB apps instead of just ForeFlight or Strat- uh, Apario's own homegrown uh, EFB, which is called Stratus Insight. 
And so okay. it's really nice. It opens up a lot of possibilities for me and a good opportunity as a flight instructor to be able to test and work with uh, various EFB apps because I can't always guarantee that uh, every student that I'm having is going to be flying with ForeFlight. Okay. So you're saying you had the Stratus 2, you went to Stratus 3, and uh, there's much more to it than just saying it's one better. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, because the Stratus 2 only worked with ForeFlight and Apario's own proprietary app, um, the Stratus Insight. But uh, now with the Stratus 3, it'll work with any EFB app. So FlyQ, right. uh, WingX, and, and any up-and-coming applications and third-party apps that are starting to come out. Okay. Well, and it's also one better, just so right. we're clear. Sounds cooler. Hey, oh, yeah, I got the new one. It's one better than what you have, loser. So uh, get with the program, consider your up, uh, upgrade, and and look at the uh, expansive opportunities it's making available to you. All right, now a couple other little uh, nuggets that we got to share with our passengers today involve some airworthiness uh, notums. Is that what it is, or what are these? Airworthiness directives. Directives. These are, these okay. are you know, guidance coming from the FAA that says, hey, if you own these airplanes, you need to take this into account and your mechanic needs to look at these things because you can't fly your airplane after so many hours or uh, so many months uh, because these items need to be checked. Hmm. So this came from the FAA. Keith, what, are, are you following these at the flight school, I would imagine, as well? Or what? Oh, yeah. We, we're on to. their list. So any anything that comes up with one of our airplanes, we get a list of. Yeah. Uh, things that we need to take care of. And okay. of course our maintenance shop does as well. I'm on their list too, but it's a totally different one. And you can imagine. Totally different list. Yeah. So Probably the same list you're on with Keith and I. But yeah. That's a, okay. Yeah. Enough out of you. Uh, but, but the thing is um, uh, the, you, you have some of the planes that were affected. So did you have to do any uh, real modifications or just take them under advisement, Keith? What do you think? None of our airplanes were affected by uh, the one that, uh, Dennis is talking about there. Oh, okay. Um, there, there's one for the 180, 82 and the 185s on the on the tail cone. There's another one for 172s, 182s, 206s, and so forth on the on the door posts. Um, and then there's one that affects Lycoming engines as well. Uh, that uh, you have to check your serial number of your engine. But on that one there, if you have a problem with the cylinders, you cannot rebuild the cylinders you have to replace them hmm. and so uh, we did have to replace four cylinders on on one of our aircraft because it did fall into that well that kind of blows huh and, and you got to yeah. pay for that they don't say hey you got to replace this and oh we'll give you a grant or something to pay for it you got to do it on your own if they they do this kind of stuff right I you got to do it all on your own it's all on your own dollar hmm. unless your airplane is under warranty but uh, these are all older aircraft so no they're right all right, so it's on uh, the owner's dollar. Got it, Dennis. You said the the tail cone, which is what? Describe it for people who don't know. Obviously, I do, but just for just to make sure everyone understands what what this uh, airworthy directive involves when it comes to tail cones. What what, so are, what are we looking at? What the FAA has found is on uh, Cessna one eighties and one eighty fives, and the older one eighty twos, which shared the same uh, same fuselage, uh, they were finding a. a pattern of cracking in some of the bulkheads and in the horizontal stabilizer attachment fitting, which mm. is all in that tail cone. And the early assumption was because the 180s and 185s are a tail dragger with the, the additional forces on landing with the tail dragger, they thought that that might be, you know, in, 
part of the reason for the cracking there. But so it needs to be inspected every so many hours and uh, recurring inspections, I think like every 500 hours now. But they also found that with the old 182s, they, they, they were finding some history of cracks in those as well. So the 182 through the 182 Delta, so the early 60s models, uh, Cessna 182. So if you own any of those airplanes, you do need to be talking to your mechanics and making sure that these airworthiness directives are are being looked at because there are some time compliance that you know they have to be done within so many hundred hours of service now uh, for an initial check and then recurring thereafter. Got it. So it's it's matter. It's more of just a matter of mo- monitoring uh, the potential effects of this cracking. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, in, de- in determining if you do have it, and if you do, obviously you're going to need to make repairs. And and even after you make the repairs, the, the there's no alternate compliance that would suddenly make this AD go away. So you're going to be continuing to check for this for the life of the aircraft. At right. Point. Right. Now the other one was uh, about doors or door locks or something. What was that? Yeah, it's the door posts on the 172s, 182s, and I think he said the 206s as well. Uh, where the hinges uh, for the doors attached, they've been finding a, a history of corrosion. Um, in those as well. And so Cessna um, and the FAA have been working on a airworthiness directive and the final rulings out on that now as well. Okay. All right. So these, uh, I mean, it, they don't it have- does not, it does not cop. It does not take all of the aircraft into there's certain model years of the ones that are affected by this. And so none of our aircraft are affected by it either. Hmm. Okay. And For when they one. put these out, are they, uh, you know, on any kind of schedule or do they just put them out when they come across some incident? There's no schedule to this stuff, is there? No, they, they find a difficulty in the field. Um, either operators will, will uh, submit, hey, we found this cracking during an annual inspection and we think it might be something systemic, uh, you know, and, and they bring it to the FAA's attention. Or, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it'll come out of a, an accident. Right. And the FAA will have a comment period where they solicit opinions from the public and, and eventually makes a final ruling such as this. Yes. The airworthiness directive from the FAA is put in place for you to be on the lookout for cracking, which has a tendency to be a precursor to something much, much worse that you want to avoid too. And on that note, we'll wrap it up for this week. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. <laughs>